Yo, what's good, guys? Before we kick off this episode, just wanted to let you guys know that we are starting a new segment that we're really excited for. If you guys want to be featured on an episode, if you guys want your name to be mentioned on an episode, shoot us an email with your best story, like life story or whatever. It can be something that happened to you, something that happened to a family member or a friend or whatever. Just something that you've come across in life that is just out of this world. And the way it's going to work is Matt and I are going to rate it on an episode. We're going to say your name. If you want to remain anonymous, you can just mention that somewhere in the email that you want to be named anonymous and you don't want to have your name out there completely understand. But it is a chance, again, for us to interact more with our listeners, get to know our listeners a little bit more, and just a fun thing to have at the end of an episode every once in a while. Matt and I are going to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, and we're going to use point system, so it's going to be more like you know 8.9, 7.4, rather than just 7 or 8, because that makes it more specific and makes it easier to, uh, to, to rank it and to have a winner at the end of the season, which the winner at the end of the season, the person with the highest rated story or highest rated ex- experience that they send us, will, uh, will be invited onto the show for just kind of like a, a little interview, just to kind of get to know that person and congratulate them on winning winning the best story and so you know winning the extravagant experiences segment so uh yeah it does we don't really know yet if it's going to be at the end of each first down rundown season at the end of the year or if it's going to be kind of like a every three months thing that we that we invite somebody on the show it'll kind of just depend on how many of these emails we actually get and how many stories we can actually rate but uh, it's it yeah it, it's gonna be a fun thing to do and again it's it's an it's an opportunity for you guys to get featured on first down rundown and it's also an opportunity for us to get to know some of our viewers because it gets a little bit monotonous with just Matt and I talking all the time so again want to make this more of an interactive thing more of a community based thing and we're really excited for it I hope you guys are too the email that you're gonna send these uh, that that you're gonna send these stories to is firstdown.rundown at gmail.com. Again, that is firstdown.rundown at gmail.com. Email us your stories. Just have at it. Go crazy. Uh, and and yeah, and we'll we'll see you guys pretty soon with hopefully some ratings on these stories that keep on that that start coming in. So thank you guys for the listen in advance. Here we got a great episode coming up, and I hope you guys enjoy. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown, where we give you a holistic view of the world of sports. Whether you're a casual fan or an avid fan, this is the place for you. We're you two hosts. I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Today is June 28th, and it's been exactly four weeks since we last posted an episode. I think that's the most time we've ever missed without posting an episode since we started this whole thing or started this whole thing back up a year and a half ago. So, yeah, it's it's been a little bit of a hiatus for us. Uh, we just kind of we've had a lot of busy stuff going on we said that we would be posting more regularly over the summer but uh i didn't really know how much i would be working and right now i'm kind of on a little vacation period from work so we looked at the downloads uh and we saw that our episodes were doing well without even without us even posting so that kind of gave us some motivation to to go ahead and come back on here and get you guys an update on what's been happening uh there's been a lot of stuff in the sports world that's been happening recently and also kind of in our lives. So we just kind of wanted to give you guys an update on that. But obviously this is, this is mostly for the sports side of things. You're going to hear a lot of, a lot of range of things. Uh, you know, we've got NBA, PGA, NHL, and then we've got our rundown segment at the end. We are going to be talking about the two NBA and NHL finals series that, that came to an end kind of a, a little bit ago, but 
It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be kind of a jam-packed episode today. We've also got the new segment that you guys just heard about before the intro music even started, um, and we're going to be starting that up pretty soon here, hopefully, and then we've got some other segments that, that we're thinking of doing. We've already got some ideas brewing because, again, we kind of want to start this thing back up. We were losing a little bit of motiva- motivation, I'm not going to lie, here for a little bit uh, just because we weren't seeing much growth or the growth that we wanted to be seeing. And it, w- it was a little bit demotivating. Uh, I'm not going to sit here in front and say like, oh, yeah, we've just been busy. We've definitely had some time to do it, but it's just, yeah, it was it was a little bit, it was getting a little bit monotonous with the downloads not really increasing in the way that we wanted them to. So we saw that increase without us even posting recently. And so we decided to kind of feed off of that and, and hopefully take this up to another level with the new segments that we're starting over summer when there's not as much action sports action going on so i am here in in person with matt which is good to you know to kind of come back on a good note in person so the the audio quality is better than it would be over zoom so matt's sitting right right next to me matt how have you been over the past four weeks yeah i mean it's been it's been a while and i think hayden pretty much said everything uh very eloquently i would say i was gonna add stuff but he pretty much hit on all the points yeah i mean just you know being busy it's it's the summertime now school ended and um, and obviously, you know, as Hayden said, that he, he kind of took a job uh, with the football team that he didn't really know kind of, you know, what it was going to be like. And then um, I also switched jobs in the last uh, month and a half as well. So, you know, kind of kind of, you know, work stuff coming up. Um, obviously, that's not, you know, the major or, or the only reason why, you know, anytime we have work stuff come up, we're going to be neglecting the podcast. That's not going to happen. It's more of it's more to and I think kind of, you know, what the only thing I hadn't missed was that. It's the, it's the middle of summer, right? What sports are going on? It's baseball and golf, all right? Yeah. So it, that was the other thing, too, is, like, the last episode we did was pretty much after, I think, game one of each of the um, NBA and NHL uh, finals. And what happened, essentially, in both of those series was each team won one game. So it was 1-1, you know, for, for both those series. And then the team that ended up winning, the Nuggets and, and the Knights both, um, won the last three, right? So so both teams ended up winning in five. It, it we kind of knew who was going to win just based off of watching a couple of those first few games. So it, it almost kind of became that like, okay, we're, you know, we're going through a lot of transition here. We also have, you know, kind of the, the main sports that are going on aren't necessarily craziness, right? If there had been, you know, something, something insane where the heat take the, you know, take it to game seven or something, we would have gotten on here and talked about it. Right. But uh, just kind of, you know, wasn't in the, in, in the schedule for that time. But yeah, as he had mentioned the crazy enough, um, you know, apparently people like listening to the podcast and we aren't doing it or maybe they were missing us Hayden and they just maybe. needed they needed some some first down rundown in their in their lives um if you are craving content by the way we, we basically did two episodes a week for the last like almost two years um and so there's a ton of stuff to listen to obviously a lot of that is kind of dated for the specificity of when you know things were happening during the time but one thing i will point you back to which and i don't, I don't know if we're going to necessarily do something similar this year but last summer we did a four-part uh series on basically everything that's happening in college sports uh around uh nil paying for players whether that be you know through the through the individual schools or the NCAA, you know, kind of how the NCAA, we, we called it our NCAA doomsday series, basically kind of, you know, predicting the fall of the NCAA and kind of explaining the reasons behind it, as well as kind of what we think the future of college sports is going to look like. So if, if you do have some extra time on your hands, I mean, it was, I think there was an hour of each episode. So there's about four hours of content for you to listen to. It's really great. We, did, we spent a lot of time kind of researching and, and actually putting that together. So if you do have some extra time, then, then definitely listen to that. And it seems like there's people out there who actually want to listen to us when we're not, uh, you know, or after like, well, th- that was the crazy part is all the downloads 
downloads were, were from day seven to day 30 of like since we posted the last podcast, which is like especially since we were talking about, you know, the, the, the NBA and NHL playoffs. It was like a week after or at least a week after those games that we had just watched that we were doing the podcast about. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's great. I love to see it. I think that's kind of, you know, Hayden nailed it when he said that it, it definitely kind of showed us like, all right, there's actually people who are starting to download the podcast a little bit more. So we should, you know, we should kind of get back into a, a, a regular schedule here. And even despite that it's summer, we can always find stuff to talk about, right? Because, you know, there's always stuff going on and, and whether that be current events and, you know, like the, the golf live PGA merger, which we'll go over today, um, or even just, you know, previewing for football season as, as it comes up here in a couple of months. Um, so, so yeah, and then as Hayden mentioned as well, the um, in the beginning of the episode, um, I, th- I think it'll be so so cool to just kind of hear people who listen to our podcast. I mean, we we you know we're just a couple of brothers who grew up in Richmond, Virginia. Like we don't know who you know. Well, I mean, we know a few people and, and who they are, and, and we'll be able to pick them out. But um, you know, just kind of random people who have ended up listening to our podcast that we have no idea are even out there. You know, you have a chance now to kind of to kind of actually hear your name in the show and you interact with us on a, on a personal level. I think that's super cool. Um, so we're excited about that as well. Yeah. Very well said by Matt. I think that's a great start to a podcast that we haven't posted on in, in, in four weeks. You know, it's, I expected us to be a little bit rusty, which we might be, especially talking about the sports now that, you know, have, have been a little bit outdated, you know, the final NBA finals and NHL Stanley cup finals that we haven't seen the names of for a few weeks now, but, um, but we're going to try to, kind of wrap things up holistically as we do on FDRD here and hopefully it'll be good a good episode for you guys again our our last segment of the day is going to be that rundown segment where we um, where we talk about kind of you know just like the bigger news and and give quick reactions to things rather than talking super in-depth about the the topics that we're going to be talking about towards the beginning of the episode so with that being said let's move into our first topic which is the NBA so this is kind of the so hottest, this is kind of the thing, hottest thing, um, and, and it still kind of is a hot topic right now because people are still talking about it, still talking about this Denver team, this Nuggets team that won their first ever NBA championship after defeating the Heat in five games. A lot of people right now are saying that their dominance throughout the playoffs as well as their stable young core of players is reminiscent of a team that can probably form into a dynasty. You know, it, it's looking like it at least, and so... I'm going to pose this question to Matt. What do we think about this? Do we think that, that the Nuggets are kind of you know in dynasty form or shaping into dynasty form really soon here? Does it look like they have a set group of guys that can really that can form into almost like a Golden State Warriors type deal and and just you know be in contention every single year and just be kind of one of those staple teams that everybody looks at every single year and says this team is gonna you know is is in the top two or three teams to win the finals this year, even before the season, the season yeah, starts. Yeah, I, I think they can, and, and I'm going to go into a little bit more. I want to preface this, though, by saying it seems like we do this with every sport and every team that kind of is either on the fringe of doing really well or winning you know, a championship or whatever it may be, and then kind of actually breaks through and does that. Or if it's a team that kind of comes out of nowhere, and but you know we kind of see promise, and it's like the question always becomes, can this become a dynasty, right? Because we've seen it happen before. It doesn't happen very often, but I think having such a recent example with – the Golden State Warriors being kind of a, you know, they drafted all those players. They, you know, kept that core together. They, you know, continued to sign. They found a great coach in Steve Kerr and kind of put it all together and then did turn into a, into a, into a dynasty. And, and realistically, I mean, they won the championship last year, too. So you could almost argue that their dynasty isn't over. And we'll, we even talk about uh, Chris Paul being traded to the Warriors, uh, you know, up here 
in, in a little bit. So, in terms of specifically, you know, kind of answering the question as to whether or not the the Nuggets um, can do it, I think they can because, and you know, we, we kind of said it in the intro to the topic. It's, it is reminiscent of a team like the Golden State Warriors, where the Nuggets drafted all these players, or at least you know, kind of their you know their big three: um, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and, and Michael Porter Jr. They drafted all those guys, right? And you know, signed into contracts, you know, kind of waited out the period of kind of adjustment and whatever. Um, I would say Jamal Murray is actually the only player of the three of them that has actually been kind of great. You know, one of the, you know, one of the, you know, like those guys that you can tell can actually play in the NBA. Um, he's been the only one out of three of them, you know, that has kind of been that guy uh, ever since he stepped into the league. Obviously, you know, it kind of took Jokic about four or five years now to kind of become what he is now. And, and obviously he is now the best player in the world. So, I mean, you know, kind of that ended up working itself out and then Michael Porter Jr. guy who you know was I think he was you know top 10 coming out of college maybe even he might have been the the, the top overall prospect or something he was like top five I think um went to Missouri had a bad year there they didn't even make the tournament he had um you know a really bad back injury that you know kind of shot him down the draft boards he ended up going really late and the Nuggets were almost criticized for for picking him because it was like this guy is so injury prone you know he's he's kind of everything that you would want he's basically Ben Simmons if Ben Simmons could actually shoot because he's you know six ten he's long he's lean and he can you know he can score from from early anywhere on the court his defense obviously still leaves a little bit to desire to be desired and, and we saw that kind of you know really manifest itself uh in the uh, in the final specifically against miami but did it really matter not really much you know not that much uh so so right so i think that's kind of the the idea here is that we saw golden state do this you know by drafting players bringing them up getting a good coach behind them mike malone is is is, is you know, one of the most tenured coaches in the NBA. Um, I think he's been with the with the Nuggets. I think he's like the second longest coach that's been with their same team. You know, in kind of the the, the modern NBA here. Um, and actually, the before the Nuggets won this championship, and well, actually before the 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 last two championships, the Warriors and the Nuggets consecutively. Before that, the last five teams to win the NBA championship all had fired their head coach within a two-year span, um, which is again kind of crazy. And and how I just I guess this is how it goes um, in 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 basketball these days, but. But right, I think the similarities similarities are there for the Nuggets to be able to kind of really turn this into something good. Now, I will say, and this is kind of where it's coming from, is the fact they they've kind of been here, right? I mean, in the in the bubble championship in 2020, um, they got to the Western Conference Finals and they ended up losing the Lakers team that ended up winning the championship. And Anthony Davis was basically the best player on the planet for for you know for a month there. Um, and and you know so so funny that you know we kind of went back to that uh that same those same finals teams the the Heat played the Celtics and the uh, Lakers played the Nuggets in the conference finals of that season, um, and then obviously the Lakers played the Heat and, and, and beat them. But um, but right in that in the bubble, you know the Nuggets made it to the conference finals. Jamal Murray tore up his knee and and was out basically the last like year and a half, almost two full years um, until Jamal Murray Jamal Murray was actually back with the Nuggets. And so then you think about last year when I think they had the the three seed ended up losing to the losing to the Warriors um, in, the, in the second round, I think. And and so when you look at it that way it's like okay well the last two times they were actually had a you know a great team that were significantly good in the regular season you know we could see them going far in the playoffs they lost to the eventual you know nba champion so to a certain extent you know if you're losing to the best team that's really the best excuse that you can have for losing in the playoffs and then this year obviously as we know they, they basically dominated throughout i mean they they had the second best regular or actually third best regular season record um 
in the league, but they got the number one seed in the West and, and ran through everyone. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, right, they won. <laughs> the crazy part is how how quickly they won every series. I mean, they won the first series 5-1 or 4-1, won the second series 4-2, and then 4-0 and 4-1. So um, they only lost three games. and went 16-3 and throughout the entire playoffs, which is which is pretty crazy. Um, and, and so, yeah, so I think that all of that combined, I think that like, they've had this core and this team that has done well and has had a lot of hype coming into, you know, whether it be the regular season or the playoffs and, and haven't been able to put that together. But realistically, like, it's because they haven't had all of those players and those kind of the, that big three um, you know that I mentioned earlier haven't been healthy at the same time and this is kind of the first time they were and they won a championship now obviously Aaron Gordon they also got him and he was a you know a massive help to this team but I think that the fact that you know they finally had some injury luck go their way right some positive injury luck where their players aren't you know aren't breaking their tearing their ACLs every every couple of minutes it, it it makes them a viable championship contender and we saw that and they won it right so um, yeah I, I think Again, I, I, I hate yeah, to be, you know, the classic, you know, like, the classic, like, sounding like the, the media like people the, who are like, oh, it's first take the day after the Nuggets win the championship. You know, are they going to be a dynasty or are they going to be a failure? Because those that's basically their only two options for now. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I've done enough, though, Aiden. What do you think? Yeah, I think you touched on a lot of it and, and really all of it. Um, the only thing that I would probably add is the just, just kind of the, the role players. And I, we saw the role players with the Heat be really important to their team and I mean they the Heat made it to the finals too I think a lot of people are kind of looking over that they weren't looking over it at the time but you know the Heat like they're still the Heat are still a, a contender and they're going to be a contender for a while too I think and they may even win a championship here and there if, if they add if they're able to add some kind of star to their team other than Jimmy Butler like they I think that they can definitely be up there in a discussion with you know teams like the Nuggets and everything like that but the role players on the Nuggets like uh, Bruce Brown and Christian Brown now Christian Brown's kind of I mean he's he's really really young he just got drafted I think this past year from uh, from out of Kansas and he didn't really do much for them but he was there in the right moments and if you watch the Nuggets play like he he was he never really made a mistake he was always just kind of he was kind of there in the corner as you know as our fellow white players usually are but uh, yeah he like he was just always there to role play and, and just do the right thing when they needed it to be done Bruce Brown is is very much he reminds me a lot of Marcus Smart which I think that uh, we probably I don't know we don't have a topic on Marcus Smart but and we don't really have a topic on NBA free agency in general maybe we'll talk about that more towards when free agency actually really starts I think it actually starts this Friday like officially and then players can start signing the documents like really signing papers on July 6th so technically free agency hasn't even really started um, but we've had a lot of moves recently with trades and everything like that uh, but you know players can't sign yet with teams because that that doesn't come until later on but uh yeah but we had a lot of trades recently and Marcus Smart was one of those we're not going to talk about him today but I think that Bruce Brown is really reminiscent of a guy like Marcus Smart um you know not much of a not as much of a leader not as much of a voice on that Denver Nuggets team but he's super scrappy he plays hard every single minute of the game like any any minute that he's in the game you're going to know because he's either driving to the basket or, play, or, you know, getting back on defense, playing really good defense. So I think that those two guys, Christian Brown and Bruce Brown, were, were really integral parts of this team. But I think that one guy that Matt mentioned that I think that we would be very uh, remiss to leave out of this conversation is Aaron Gordon because he was absolutely dominant in, in this whole playoffs run by them, um, especially in the finals. I mean, he, 
Yeah, like you, you, you had Michael Porter Jr. who throws up a shot every time he gets a chance, but a guy like Aaron Gordon who was just dominant defensively and offensively, uh, just, you know, he, he was just always making cuts to the basket, always able to kind of complete that alley-oop that, um, that, that Jokic needed to throw up to, you know, to get help because everybody was doubling Jokic by, you know, game four of the first round of the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, so I, I think it's I think it was a great run by the by the Nuggets this year. And I think that they do, obviously, if they keep all their guys that they that they won with, which teams typically do after they win a championship, unless, you know, unless there's some kind of crazy cap situation where they can save a bunch of money by letting go of one of their guys. Teams typically do that. They kind of just, you know, keep on, keep on going with their roster that they have right now, because why wouldn't you, if you've won the finals one year with that team, why wouldn't you keep that same team and try to do it again the next year? It makes sense. Um, And so, you know, I think that they're doing the right thing by kind of staying, laying low in terms of, who's going where in free agency, you know, kind of like the free agency radar. Uh, they're, they're kind of laying low in terms of that kind of thing. So I think that they're doing the right thing here. And, yeah, like Matt said, I mean, you know, we don't really want to be like first take and, and say that their fate depends on whether they can, you know, win the championship next year or if they don't, they're a complete failure. That's not what it's all about. Actually, in Giannis's interview after after the Bucks got um, got knocked out of the playoffs by the Heat, there was that one reporter that asked Giannis, it was like, he said something like, do you guys consider this season a failure because you lost in the playoffs? It's like, okay, well, I mean, 29 teams get knocked out in the playoffs. There's only one winner. So is are 29 teams a failure? No, not that's, that's not at all what it is. So I think that next year, as long as, long as the Nuggets get to, I would say the Western Conference Finals, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a win for them. And I don't think that it's really a failure if they get knocked out in some crazy situation before that point it's just uh it'll be kind of disappointing to see them not get to this point next year especially if they keep all these guys that they've won with this year so yeah that's that's just that's kind of like the general overview that most people would probably give you but again matt went in depth into a lot of the stuff that that i would have mentioned as well so with that being said we're going to move into this next topic uh for nba which is the draft so yeah so the draft the the nba draft it happened right it, it happened. There's it not really happened. much, to, really say, much uh, to say, other than that. There's uh, not really, really any, you know, really amazing, you know, positive adjectives positive to use to describe the draft. The draft. Um, um, despite including one of the most hyped prospects in the history of the sport, Victor Remanyama, uh, the draft itself wasn't anything spectacular, and the coverage uh, left a lot to be desired. And so, realistically, so the question is, and we're going to talk about it here, what's wrong with the draft and can it be fixed? Um, I'll pose it to Hayden. I kind of have a theory. Uh, well, two things that I saw that were wrong with, or not wrong. One thing was wrong with the coverage. One thing was kind of just a... A result, or, a result a, or, a, or, a, or a, yeah, I guess a result of there just not being, just not or being, college basketball or college itself basketball not really itself being not as um, as prioritized, and he's not in his head. So I think he was going to talk about that anyway. So I'll let him go. Yeah. So yeah. So my thing with college, well, this is kind of going to bring in a lot of different factors, and I didn't even really think about this until right before we started recording because I saw this topic that Matt wrote, and I was kind of looking at it a little bit confused, like scratching my head on how I would be able to answer it because that's what we do. We we don't talk about the topics that we write. We just write them down and it's a couple sentences and then we just pose the question to the other person on the spot during the podcast and we get a real authentic answer. That's how we like to do it on FDRD. I think that's how it works best. And so my answer to this question, I think I'm going to start and and go with the college basketball route, like Matt said. 
uh, I just think that college basketball in general, like the the players coming out of college basketball, just aren't as good as they used to be. And it, it, it's weird. I don't know why it's happening like that. Like you don't have you don't really have an Anthony Davis coming out of the coming out of college basketball anymore. You know, you, you don't really have like the um, like Kemba Walkers of the world coming out of college basketball. It just doesn't really happen that way. We had Brandon Miller get drafted second this year, which wasn't really a surprise. I mean, obviously, like people just knew that he was going to be in that that top three range with Wembenyama, Wembenyama, and uh, Scoot Henderson post college basketball season here. Everybody knew that that was going to happen. Um, you know, it was a surprise to some people that he went second, but there just isn't as many good college basketball players that are coming out that are developed enough to make the NBA better and make the NBA more of a saturated college bat, like post college basketball league rather than like a G league or post G league. That's kind of what I think that, that the NBA is becoming is more of like, okay, yeah, these guys that don't really make it in college. Don't, you know, that, or that choose to go to the G league. Um, out of out of high school instead of go to college, I think we're seeing more of those guys now get drafted in the higher ranks than the college basketball players. Because the fact of the matter is, when you go to college, you have other college things to do. We obviously know that college athletes don't really, not don't really, they don't do everything that a regular college student does. Who you know, regular college student that isn't an athlete. Athletes do a lot less in terms of schoolwork, but they have a lot of other obligations to do. Um, you know, sports and workouts and everything like that. So it kind of just all adds up and 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 evens out at a point. But again, they still have school on top of basketball to work on. And so these guys that are going to the G League and just playing basketball in every aspect of life, like basketball is their life. Those guys in college don't have that same experience that the guys in the G League do. And I'm not saying that that's exactly why we see a lot of G League players getting drafted. But, I mean, it, I'm thinking back to even just, like, five-ish years ago when we would you would literally see in probably the top 20 picks in the NBA draft, it would either be college basketball players, guys that are coming out of college, you know, maybe not one-and-dones, but – you would see a lot of one and dones in that first like top ten, and then you would see you know a couple guys that are that are coming out of college after three or four years or whatever that are that are developed that are a little bit older and are kind of more NBA ready, um, you know, in, in the literal sense of the word. But then you'd also see the international players, you know, like Kristaps Porzingis was one of those guys that when he got drafted, everybody was was up in arms about it because everybody's well, like you know, who is this guy? And then he became. A, a really good player and, you know, somebody that a, – a really coveted player around the NBA, somebody that every team wanted after he actually showed what he can do. And so I think that we've kind of shifted, even in – like I said, just in the past five or six years from a league that was very very much a post-college basketball league, and now it's more of a post-G League league because these G League players have nothing else to do except for play basketball, which if that's the route that they want to go, that's the route that they want to go, but they're not getting an education – to kind of have as a backup plan. Neither are the guys that are one and dones in college basketball. I mean, you know, you can you can make the argument that they're not even getting a quarter of an education after one year of college while playing basketball at the same time. So, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the, the, the biggest problem. And I think that we saw it – this is the last thing I'll say. I'll say I think that we saw it most with the viewership of – uh, the men's college basketball tournament and the, view the viewership of the women's college basketball tournament this year. I, I, think, that I, th I think that 
the like the um the final matchup, the final matchup, the final game, there was more people that watched the LSU and and Iowa game uh, for for women's college basketball this year than there were that watched the UConn and San Diego State men's college basketball final this year, which is you know. That's not. That's typically not the dynamic that we see. It's great. I, I think it's great for the for the game of, of women's college or women's basketball in general. But the teams that got to the men's uh, men's final in college basketball, they weren't expected to get there. And I think that's kind of just a, a product of us not seeing a huge superstar, like a huge, a, a few huge superstars in in, in uh, college basketball. That you know, guys that are able to come out of college basketball and immediately make an impact in the NBA. I think that's kind of – I think that the, that viewership uh, with the women's final compared to the men's final this year changing and the women's final getting more viewership is, is definitely something that we need to that, – that we need to look at as kind of like a byproduct of men's college basketball just being kind of eh. – like it's, it's just kind of – like you don't, you don't see guys that are able to put up – 25 points a game in college basketball just because it's it, it just doesn't really happen like that anymore and I don't really know why it doesn't I can't really give a reason as to why it doesn't but I think that's I think that's a reason why the NBA draft this year has just been looked over in a sense because we, there's so many G League players that nobody really knows about and there's not really a lot of those college basketball players that a lot of people know about I'll tell you why, Hayden. I can answer your question directly, and I think that you're—I mean—you're spot on with your analysis of, of kind of the the main problem behind the the coverage not kind of living up to what it could have been. People not really knowing who these draft prospects are, or who's going to be drafted outside of like the top, you know, four or five kids. And the reason I and the reason that because of this is well, the reason that this whole thing is happening, at least in my mind, and I think it kind of it it makes some sense is the fact that the NBA game is very different than college, right? So. And that's opposite in other sports. So take the NFL, for example. A lot of the concepts that we see in the NFL, particularly around the offense, right, passing the ball more, spread offenses, stuff like that, um, have have were developed in, at the college level, well, realistically at the high school level, but then kind of, you know, professionalized at the college level. And because, you know, that ends up with the way, however, the way that football works, it was just able to be, you know, kind of progressed up into the NFL. Then, you know, the NFL teams were basically like, all right, we can, we can kind of make this work, turn this game, you know, turn the game into more of an offensively focused league. And, and so because of that, you know, the, the, the players that were playing college are the perfect prospects for a growing, developing NFL, which is going to look more like the college game. The NBA and basketball in general is basically the opposite. The NBA is its own game. Game. It's it's very much shot creation, you know, for for yourself and for others. It's spot up shooting. It's you know moving on screens, screens. It's switching. It's being able to you know defend, kind of you know one through four at least. You know, a lot of the better players in the NBA are able to defend pretty much all all uh, all positions on the court. And at the college level, it's almost more of still kind of that. You know, the, the older yeah, style the of older basketball, style right? Of when, you know, when you had your, your big man down low who gets the rebound and, you know, he's kind of the guy that you go to, you throw him the ball and, you know, kind of he'll just make something happen with it. Um, and if he gets doubled or whatever, he'll throw it out to the, you know, to the to the shooting guard. He'll be able to take a three uh, or, you know, you're kind of you're kind of you're running your own plays and, and whatever that may entail. Um, that's how basketball kind of used to be played. And especially, you know, that's how it was in the NBA, which is why we saw essentially really, I mean, 
obviously there was not going to be a G League Ignite team, you know, invented in the 1990s when Michael Jordan was coming out of college. But it, it you can tell now that the, the game and the player, the prospects, who are kind of the the overall, you know, you got you know these guys are going to go at the top of the draft. Even coming out of high school is because they have you know these types of skills and these types of capabilities that fit the modern day NBA, right? A guy like Anthony Edwards, who who you know. He was the number one player coming out of college for his year. He goes to Georgia. Georgia was horrible in the year that Anthony Edwards played for them. He's now in the NBA and is absolutely balling. Cade Cunningham, another guy, top of the class coming out of coming out of uh, coming out of high school. He was you know he was a number one recruit. Goes to Oklahoma State. They made the tournament. They lost to Oregon State. All right, in the first round of the tournament. And so and then he goes number one to the Pistons and he's playing really well uh, for Detroit. And so you, you can almost see that like the, the type of player that the NBA requires is not really the same. As college, and I think the perfect examples of this are a few. I'm just going to list off a few guys who who did not get drafted in this year's NBA draft, but who are quite literally one guy, one of the most decorated college basketball players in the history of the sport, and as and additionally, you know, guys who um, who who were amazing and you know accomplished amazing feats in the past couple of years. Obviously, the number one guy on the Latin that list is Drew Timmy from Gonzaga. He actually could have come back for another year of college basketball. He decided not to. He entered the NBA draft and he didn't get drafted. Right, and this is a guy who's been to, I think, two final, at least two final fours. He was in the championship game against Baylor that they lost. Um, so easily could be a two-time national championship or champion. Uh, they won the, the the West Coast Conference, the WCC, which is the conference that, that Gonzaga plays in. They won the the regular season and conference tournament, I think, every single year he was there. He got at least one national player of the year. He was probably WCC player of the year for at least once. Um, I'm pretty sure he was a Final Four player of the year, too, at that, in that year that they, uh, in 2021, when they lost to Baylor. This is a guy that, I mean, I just everything I just listed off was from memory. And, and, and obviously, I'm a, I'm a huge college basketball fan, so I don't expect the average person to know that. But, like, I'm not – I don't do that for my job. But even I know how much this guy accomplished at the college basketball level wasn't even considered for the NBA draft, right? Because he is that classic big guy that in the 80s, he'd be the perfect NBA prospect because he's a big guy. He's down low. He's got the mustache. He's, you know, flexing his biceps. And, 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 and he goes to work. And his game is, I think, a little bit nuanced, and that's why he was able to succeed – where he was and, and kind of make his game work at the college level because at the end of the day the college game is is sort of you know it's it's translatable to the NBA but it's not it's not what the NBA is today and so Drew Timmy is a, a perfect example of a guy who is one of the best college basketball players ever and didn't even get drafted in the year that he decided to commit to the draft Second guy I'll, me I'll mention is a guy named Oscar Sheebway. He played for Kentucky. He was the Naismith National Player of the Year two years ago. He decided to come back to Kentucky to basically be like an absolute dominant all-star, you know, just proving myself to the world, going to go number one overall. Uh, and many people thought he was. He didn't have that great of a year last year at Kentucky. Kind of tanked his draft stock. Um, and then basically after that, it was like, wait, he actually is. And then he started, you know, he started doing the, the combine workouts and the individual team stuff. And basically, you know, the teams were like, hey, you know, just with the way he played, we just don't really, we just don't really want him. So he didn't get drafted, right? A guy who was quite literally the, you know, the national player of the year just two years ago. And then another one, Adama Sinogo. He was the final four player of the year, the best player on that UConn team that won the national championship this past year. He doesn't get drafted either, right? And and he could have also come back to college and decided to go to the NBA draft. And it's like, I almost feel bad for these guys because it's like, you, you not only do you have more eligibility left to be able to come back to college for another year, but you're also like, I've accomplished everything that there is possible. I've you know, reached the heights of the college basketball level and I still can't get drafted. 
But again, if you look at all those guys and the way they play, they're they're very similar types of of, of styles, and that just doesn't really fit with the NBA this year. Whereas you know the Thompson twins who played for G League Ignite barely have any film. You look at their play and you're like, these guys can't even shoot. I mean seriously, they can't shoot. But the the argument for them is that the NBA and the way that the coaches work and everything like that, they can take a six seven frame who can dribble and pass, and they can mold a shooting format, right? I mean. It's happened plenty of times before, and so, you know, would you rather have the potential upside of one of the Thompson twins who can turn into, you know, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or, you know, whoever you want to mention, kind of that, you know, that guy who wasn't, you know, the best shooter but has all the other tangible skills and is now becoming an all-star in the NBA. Would you rather have that, you know, the potential for an all-star in the NBA, or would you rather have, you know, Drew Timmy, who's a guy who, you know, you know what you're going to get from him, but he's not going to, you know, kind of lead you on on a conference finals run, uh, you know, in, in the middle of April. So... So that's kind of the reason behind everything. I guess I, I, I don't know. Hopefully it, sense. Hopefully it makes sense. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, though, about the draft coverage was the coverage itself by ESPN. It was horrible. If you watched it past basically the, the, the top ten, especially the second round, but even even later in like in the in the twenties. It was it was so bad. It, like we didn't even know who was being picked. Like they wouldn't even show because they were all messed up on like okay we gotta go, go interview this guy and then oh wait there's also a guy being picked and then it's like wait okay we heard the player's name but who who was picking him we don't even know and then you see it on the bottom line you're like okay this is just a horrible experience all around. The interviews themselves Monica McNutt she's like you know one of the the big NBA personalities on ESPN she was doing all the interviews and it's like I understand that you want to interview the players because it's the best night of their lives and you know quite. It's 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 life changing for them and their families and everyone involved, but like they all they all answer the same way, and I don't blame them because what else are you gonna say other than everybody doubted me? I'd like to thank God and my parents for getting me here, and you know I I'm just gonna be the best I can be. Like what else are you gonna say? A because you don't know how good you're gonna be. B because you know you're already you're there and you just got drafted and everything you've worked for in your entire life is now accomplished and you're kind of just at there and C because you're probably emotional for the fact that you actually did accomplish this thing um, and so right so she's like how do you feel and the guys are just like they look at their mom and they're like great it's like this is just bad so I don't know I mean I, I probably watched too much of it than I or, or more of it than I should have because it seems like I, I mean I know Hayden didn't really you know watch it that much but but a couple of my friends too where they kind of turn it off after the after the top 10 picks and everything but yeah so ESPN needs to do a better job of this draft coverage I think the NFL does it really well where it's like here's the player here's the team here's who they got drafted to how does that how is that player why is that player a good fit for the team they got drafted to how are they going to fit in there and and it's easier with the NFL too because you have so many different positions and where it's like you know you're you're casual NFL fan who only watches on Sundays and doesn't really care in the offseason isn't going to really know how a you know 400 pound D tackle is going to fit into their defensive scheme all right so it, 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 it works a little bit better than the NBA where it's like, yeah, I mean, this guy can shoot and he can pass, so he's going to be pretty good for the Pistons. Like, I don't know, but, um, yeah, so that, that's my that's my rant on the NBA drafting. Yeah, I didn't really watch any of it, actually. I didn't I didn't even watch Wembenyama get picked because, I well, everybody knew who was going to get picked first, and after that it was I wasn't really interested because I knew him, Brandon Miller, uh, Scoot Henderson, and then yeah, the Thompson twins, and then after that, it was it was more of just kind of like a a crapshoot on who was gonna get picked, and there was a couple you know a couple of those college basketball guys coming out of out of college that 
I knew the names of and I you know I knew how good they were in college. It's almost one of those things where like I'll see them again playing I'll, I'll see them on the court again in the NBA when I'm watching the playoffs and not the regular season because I don't care about the regular season in the NBA but I'll see them on the court for whatever team that they're playing for you know like the the Sacramento Kings and I'll be like oh yeah I remember him at Georgia Tech in college but I can't tell you you know I can't tell you that I've seen him play another minute in the NBA because I don't watch the NBA and it's like yeah it's it's just kind of screwed up in the in the way that I watch basketball it's kind of like Matt said when he said that he likes watching college basketball a lot more than NBA because I'm the same way. Um, but, yeah, that's that's going to wrap up our NBA talk. We're actually going to skip over PGA this time. We're going to move PGA to probably our next episode just because we are we, we talked more about NBA than we figured that we would, which is good. We, we had a lot of good content there in that NBA segment with just two topics. We got through a good portion of this episode. So we're going to save PGA until the next time because that's – actually something that it's it's something that still has parts to be fixed and parts to be figured out so it's not as i guess demanding to do it right now and talk about it right now to get it over with and just say that be able to say that we talked about it it's something that we can actually you know kind of build upon um in the coming day in the coming days slash weeks if there are things that get figured out to this whole deal which i'm sure if you follow if, if you've looked at golf news at all recently you probably know exactly what we're talking about but again we're going to save that till a later date so moving on to the nhl the golden knights ended up taking out the panthers pretty easily in the stanley cup finals again like matt said in five games uh just like the nuggets did to the heat uh but and this was despite the panthers being one of the most dominant teams in the playoffs heading up to the finals uh, which was crazy to see because I mean we 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 talked about how good the Panthers have been in that episode in our last episode at the end of May, um, you know right after Game One of that series we had talked about how just completely dominant the Panthers have been in that the playoffs leading up to the finals. I mean leading up to the finals they had won eleven of their last twelve games. It was crazy like they you know they swept they swept their Western Conference I mean sorry Eastern Conference Finals opponent. And then also their second round opponent, so it was nuts to see to, to see them do that. But um, but yeah, we, we got the Golden Knights as a champion here, and I don't know, like this, this is kind. Of, and I'm going to pose this question to Matt first because this is kind of the holistic side of things, and I want to I want to get his opinion on this. Um, and it's kind of like a yes or no question, really. Uh, but it's also something that I think a lot of people are, are overlooking in a way because. There's also NHL free agency going on right now, so I haven't seen much talk of of the golden of this whole like Golden Knights thing that I'm going to mention right here. But I'm going to ask Matt: Do the Golden Knights deserve to be recognized as being one of the most decorated, newly added teams uh, a professional sports league has ever seen? Because if you guys don't remember, the Golden Knights have only been a team for six years now. I think they got added in 2020. Sorry, 2017 to the NHL, so they've only been a team for six years and. Uh, they made it to the Stanley Cup playoffs, I think, or sorry, the the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, I think it was like the year after they got added, and then or no, they made it twice. They made the Stanley Cup finals the year, yeah, the year that they were added, yeah. And so yeah, and then and then I think since they've been to the they've been a number one seed in the playoffs the past two years, and then obviously they won the Stanley Cup finals this year. So they have multiple Stanley Cup finals appearances under their belt, multiple number one seed 
playoff appearances under their belt, um, and they've only been in the league for six years. So, Matt, are, are they one of the most decorated, te- newly added teams this professional sports league has ever seen? I, I mean, yeah, after the resume you just uh, spouted off there, I definitely agree. The only thing I, I say that is kind of the – Kind of a deal breaker in this is the fact that I've, you know, I'm only 24 and so, and Hayden's only 21, so we haven't actually seen a ton of new teams added to professional sports leagues. Um, even like, I, like, I'm even too young to remember, like, I remember when the Super, like, so Seattle Supersonics, right? They became the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, they kind of switched cities. I wasn't like a completely new team added. I would say that's probably the, the best comp. Um, the other, like, one that I could think of because. Because I mean, realistically, I mean, so that, realistic, well, that's so the thing that, is like, well, so basically what happened so was they drafted was, the Supersonics were the, were the Seattle Supersonics. They were a team. They drafted Kevin Durant and then he played for the Supersonics for, I think for one year, maybe two years. Then they moved to Oklahoma City and then they drafted James Harden and Russell Westbrook and they had that crazy team that, that got to the finals and lost to, eventually lost to LeBron in, I think, 2013. That's again, the only thing that's I can think of, but like, they kind of already had a core, like they already had a team and they already had a core. Whereas the NHL, it's, 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 you know, they, they didn't. Yeah, there was no, there, there was, was no team. There was nobody on the Golden Knights before. Uh, they didn't just transfer the players from city to city. Uh, but I will say too, though, that the NBA, the NHL is a lot more forgiving in the way that they are able to basically draft new teams and well, draft players to new teams into the league when a team is created. Right. So we saw it with the Kraken. Um, the Seattle Kraken was basically, you know, this was only their second league in the year. They were a two seed in the West. They uh, were in their playoff bracket. Um, they got, no, they were a four seed. Sorry, um, but they got to the second round of the playoffs. They upset. Uh, they upset the the Colorado Avalanche, who were last year's defending champions. So. Um, uh, a team like that, a you wouldn't like expect that. in their second year in the league, they shouldn't be able to beat the reigning champions and move to the second round of the playoffs. But the way that – and we actually went over this. I think, Hayden, didn't we – like when, when the Kraken were, were – we were talking about – I feel like that was – didn't we Did we talk about it on this podcast? We were like, the Kraken are a team. Yes, we definitely did. I remember doing a segment where we were like, hey, the Kraken are a team now. Like, what? how did this happen? And we tried to look up how the, the NHL drafts, like, the players onto the new team. And it was the most confusing thing I've ever tried to do in my entire life. Like, like it was like they, I I think it's actually they basically get first pick at like ev- almost every single free agent yeah. that there is. Yeah, it was or something like that. They get like right. first it was dips. So, it's, it's it's like nuts. per position, yeah. like the, the, the position yeah. that they play. Yeah, it's 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 kind of it's it's interesting um, how they do. It. Which again, and no other professional sports franchise or sports league does it like that. Um, but I mean, hey, you know, don't you want your new teams to be good or at least you know contend or whatever? Um, especially since you're kind of you know adding all those new fans and you want them to be uh, you know a fan of the, of the sport in general. Obviously, right. You know, something like football. I don't. I don't think they're going to add more teams anytime soon, just because the market is so saturated and it's already the best, you know, biggest sport, uh, you know, in in the world, pretty much. Well, in, in the U.S., but you know, soon to be the world, probably. Um, so yeah. But other than that, though, like I said, I, I can't even really remember any new teams being to add, being added. You know, you know, out of the blue to any sport, even baseball. Um, like I know all the, you know, they, they've changed the names and, and, and whatever. Um, but really, ever since I can remember, all the baseball teams have been the same. You know, same with with obviously, um, 
you know, the NBA and, and the NFL. So hockey's really the only chance I've really seen at this. But, again, to Hayden's point, I mean, you know, the accolades that they've achieved, the, the Golden Knights, in just these these last, um, you know, the, the, the six years since they were kind of, you know, came into the NHL, they've really accomplished a ton. And, and honestly, and I, I go back to thinking, I'm like, they've been such a – seriously, I mean, I like, if you were to ask me now, like, not having this question in front of my face, like, you know, who were the best four, you know, top five teams in the NHL? Like, I would mention the Knights, even without, like, you know, having this as a caveat. I was like, oh, well, did you also know that they're one of the newest team or, you know, their own team was only created a couple of weeks? Like, they've been good ever since they've been in the league, um, which I think is a cool thing. But I think, too, like, you know, I guess it is what it is. And, and, and two, you know, maybe that's a, that's a, a, a good thing or, or some – some positive, some positive some, something positive something we can look positive, back on for the for the Kraken too, and maybe say, hey, you know, maybe these guys can kind of replicate that. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. Um, if you if you ask me to name like a guy on the Golden Knights who's like stayed there the whole time, was Jack was like a star when they were like you know kind of first uh, you know first on the scene in the NHL. I know Mark Andre Fleur was their goalie for a while. That's the only guy I can really point to because he had such a success. He had such success in Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, I mean obviously now we know you know Mark Stone and and, and Marchezo and all those guys because they you know played so well and, and got the you know won all the trophies in this year's um, you know this year's Stanley Cup. But but right, I mean that team that got to the original Stanley or the, the Stanley Cup of their first year in the league and then right they like Hayden mentioned they've gotten the one seed in the they had the best regular season uh, I don't actually I don't know if they've I don't know if they've gotten a presence cup which is the ultimate you know best regular season team but either way they've always been at the top um, like Hayden mentioned really quick on the Panthers though I really feel bad for them last year they came into the playoffs as the presence cup winning team so essentially they had the most points out of any team coming into the playoffs last year got sw- no, it was. I think it was. I think they lost in five to the Lightning um, in the first round. I don't know. I forget who it was. Um, was it the Canadians? I don't remember. Um, anyway, they lost in five to the to the first team they played in the first round of the playoffs after winning the Presidents Cup, um, only extending the Presidents Cup trophy curse, which we saw played out again this year as the Bruins lost to uh, lost to the Panthers in the first round. So it was kind of a it was kind of a good karma for the Panthers to kind of get that back this year. Made it all the way to the finals, had a crazy run in doing so. Again, this is a team that wasn't even supposed to make the playoffs a week before the playoffs started. They got all the way to the NHL finals uh, and they ended up losing to to the Knights. So I, I hope the Panthers are able to kind of do something with this because they have obviously they have a really great team. Won the President's Cup and then losing the Stanley Cup finals in a year where you didn't even you weren't even supposed to make the playoffs. They've had kind of they've had kind of a, a terrible ending to their season the last two years um obviously making it there this year was good but i feel like it's just like it's it's almost like it's just opposite in expectations like they had the most expectations two years ago lost in the first round absolutely no expectations this year beat the best regular season team in the history of the sport in the bruins this year make it all the way to the finals you know it looks like they can compete with the knights and then they don't they, they you know lose in the Stanley cup final so um um, poor one out. Poor one out for the for the Florida Panthers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm also just gonna add in here really quickly that my theory about goaltenders and goalies being the ultimate X factor. I think they're even they like they're almost comparable to the quarterback in, in football. I don't think they're that they're as important as the quarterback in football or, or as having a a good quarterback in football and being able to win championships that way or at least being able to build a really really good team out of it. Um, but, dude, goalies in hockey, like, they basically dictate – I've said this. Basically, for the past however many years that I've been watching hockey, which isn't that much. I mean, I've, I've probably really followed the Stanley Cup run or, like, the playoffs just as a whole for the past, like, three to four years in hockey. Um, you know, I've, I've been paying attention to it at least. But 
every single year it seems that goalies are the X factor. It's like if you have a good goalie, if your if your goalie's playing well in the playoffs, then your team is most likely going to win or at least make a huge run to either the finals or you know the what the the conference finals or whatever. Uh, and so Bobrovsky was that was that X factor for the Panthers in their. 12-game stretch where they won 11 of those 12 games leading up to the Stanley Cup Finals. And then in the Finals series, he kind of fell apart a little bit. Um, not, I mean, it was definitely also part of the Golden Knights, just really, really consistent play and being a team that doesn't really make much mistakes and it, and or make many mistakes, and they're always keeping the pressure on you. That kind of got to Poporowski a little bit. But then also, I mean, the Panthers had a lot of chances to score too. Like, they would – a lot of times they would outshoot the Golden Knights, and that's what the Golden Knights were known for doing. Basically, this whole playoffs run was like they would be outshot by, you know, twelve shots at some point in a game, and they'd still be up by three goals. It's like, dude, what are we? I mean, how? Like that? That just doesn't make any sense. By any sort of like physics, I mean, you apply like any math theory to that, and the team that's that's up by twelve shots in a game should be at least winning, or you know within, like, one goal or tied or something like that. But the the Knights just went for a crazy clip almost every single game, so props to them. But uh, but also Aiden Hill, the goal for, the goalie for the for the Golden Knights, was just absolutely insane. Like, he – it was almost like he took his Bobrovsky form in the in the, in the finals series, which was obviously the right time to do so. And, uh, yeah, he proved that, again, goalie – like, if your goalie's hot, then you're going to win the series. And if your goalie can stay hot all playoffs long – you're gonna win the, um, you know, you know, you're gonna win the Stanley Cup, and so maybe take that as kind of like a betting tip. Just look for whatever team has the best goalie, or whatever team's goalie has the best chance of getting hot or getting the hot hand, and and, and you know, having a crazy run where he saves at like a 92% clip and go for them and bet on them to win the Stanley Cup. I don't know, but that's the, that's my. The Knights theory. also re-signed Aiden Hill too. I don't know if you saw that. Came across my screen the other day. They they extended him. So uh, so yeah. So so good for good for our boy. And wasn't he like the third string? He was like he wasn't even supposed to be the starter, and then he was like kind of came in. Yeah. He's like twenty two. He's like insanely young. Yeah. It was the, it was the same for uh, Bobrovsky. Like I don't think he started mo- most of the regular season for the Panthers, but he came in in the playoffs, and everybody was like, "Dude, this guy's amazing!" But he hasn't even started all year. He, he, I think he started like a week or two before the playoffs started, basically, for the Panthers. So both of those guys have really solidified themselves as, you know, two of the top goalies in the NHL right now. So hopefully, that, you know, they'll get paid or something well, like that. Well, and it's hockey too, right? And that's what we say is it's, it's – I, I think hockey is the best playoffs in sports because it's it, – it, there's so much parity. It's, so, it's, it's just crazy. You never know who's going to win. You never know who's going to get hot at the right time. And that's kind of what was proved at least by this year's Stanley Cup and having kind of, you know, as Hayden said, two goalies who weren't really supposed to be there ended up being the best goalies in the entire playoff run uh, throughout that. So, yes, congratulations to the Golden Knights. Um, we're going to move into the rundown section now. we got a, got a couple times. Topics here. So Chris Paul was traded to the Warriors after the Suns originally traded him to the Washington Wizards as part of a package to acquire Bradley Beal. Um, I, I put the question here for and I, I literally said, will this work out? In, in my mind, I was thinking, will Chris Paul to the Warriors work out? But I guess we have both sides of it now. Let's talk about, you know, Chris Paul to the Warriors as well as Bradley Beal to the Suns and kind of who who we think got the better of the trade here. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, honestly, okay. So Chris Paul to the to the Warriors, I think, um, is probably. I don't know. I, I think this, there's probably a, a generic answer to this, or at least it's generic in my head. Like this is the first thing that I, my head went to is 
right now, uh, if you guys don't know, Draymond Green is 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 kind of going through this like war with or like internal war of whether he wants to basically leave the Warriors or, or re-sign with them because he's going to become a free agent uh, once free agency starts here very soon. And I think the Warriors' plan right now, I think that they think that or they assume that Draymond Green is going to leave and that that whole dynasty is going to be over because if you guys don't, if you guys didn't listen to our last episode, Bob Myers, the um, the GM or yeah, right, GM, yeah, or the president, whatever, he he left, and so he was like Matt said, he's kind of the the one that built up this whole Warriors dynasty in the first place. He left. A lot of people think that Draymond Green is also going to leave, not necessarily because Bob Myers left, but just because now things are kind of falling apart, and so maybe Draymond Green wants to leave before that before the tumble really happens. I think they got Chris Paul as a veteran guy to kind of replace Draymond Green. That's that's just my theory. Maybe not. Um, obviously, Draymond Green is, is more of he's, he's a bigger presence just physically, you know, as a human being. Um, but Chris Paul is just as big of a leader, in my opinion. He's just as big of a locker room guy and, and you know, kind of like a mo- motivational guy that will keep the, warrior, the rest of his teammates, uh, you know, kind of – up to par and, and and on his level in terms of of, of the level that he has always played at in his career. So I think that that's probably a, 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 the biggest win for the Warriors, and I think that's really the incentive that they were going for in trading for Chris Paul. The whole Bradley Beal thing, I'll, I'll let Matt talk about that because I I don't really have an opinion it, on that. So it it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't really make a lot of sense because like. Like, again, you got to think about what you're giving up in order to get Bradley Beal in the first place. And it's like you're giving up the guy who's going to distribute the ball to all these shooters. Like, that's the main point in my in my mind. And and on top of that, what they give up to get Kevin Durant in the first place. In the, well, well, back then, I mean, again, you know, it was like, oh, they're the best team in the league. And then they, you know, lose in six to the, to the Nuggets. So we kind of saw how that went. But, you know, you give up your, your good role players, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges. Like, guys who, who have kind of built up. And again, this is a team that got to the finals. They lost. They were up 2-0 in the finals in 2021 and ended up losing the next four games because Giannis decided to uh, start making his free throws. But, like, when you have such a solid core like that and, and it's like, okay, we're going to trade away literally everyone, um, ex- you know, in order to get Kevin Durant, obviously you're going to – in any circumstance, you're going to have to trade away whatever you have to get Kevin Durant. I, I, I get that. But, like, once they got Kevin Durant, it was, well, it's the big four because, you know, now it's Chris Paul, Devin Booker, you know, Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton. And it's like, who's your fifth-best player? Josh Akogi? Like, the guy's not ready to be the star on a team that's going to the NBA Finals. Like, give me a break. So, it's not it's – not Tory Craig? Come on. So that's the type of thing where I'm like, it's probably not going to work out in general, even after they got the whole Kevin Durant situation went on. But like, on top of that, you trade away Chris Paul, and it's like, now, I mean, what are you doing, man? Like, I don't know. Bradley Beal's a great player. He's. He's about himself. He's about, He's about himself. his shots. About his and there's a lot yeah, of other players on the Suns currently who are – well, not, about the, no, not all about themselves, but need their shots. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are the two – one of the two, two of the best shot makers in the entire league. And you add Bradley Beal to that team, it's a, it's a great combination, but it's like DeAndre Ayton is basically fading into nothing right now because it doesn't really matter what ha- – like nobody's going to be distributing the ball. Chris Paul was really the, 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 the reason that DeAndre Ayton was able to kind of progress as well as he did in the first place 
was a couple years ago. Because he was he was teaching him. He was like, hey, you don't really know how to play basketball. Here's how you do it. I'm going to pass you the ball here. You need to actually stick your shoulder into a guy because you've never done that before. So all that stuff that Chris Paul has, has added to that team is now gone. And it's on a Warriors team that, I mean, okay. Again, I think – Chris Paul doesn't play Chris the same play style of basketball that the Warriors do, and I think that's the thing that's going to be a little bit interesting to see, and it will probably clash. So, yeah, I, I don't know. They're very similar players. Well, they're actually not similar at all. Chris Paul doesn't play the style of basketball that the Warriors play, and it's and it's very it's, it's, it's constant moving, it's passing, it's whatever, and Chris Paul's like, hey, I need the ball. I'm going to tell everybody what to do. We're going to make this happen. And both are effective, right? I mean, Chris Paul, I, he's my favorite player. He's, he's one of the best point guards in the history of the league. The way he plays is very – it's not similar at all to the way that the Warriors play and that Steve Kerr is going to expect, I think, Chris Paul to play now. And, and also, right, you know, now you have Steph Curry and Chris Paul on the same team. That's awesome, if you ask me. But, like, again, it's it's there's only one basketball. And I think that, that, that phrase can also be used to describe the new Suns now with Bradley Beal. There's only one basketball. Only one guy's going to be able to handle the ball. And only one in, in the Warriors' case, only one guy's going to be able to handle the ball. In the Suns' case, only one guy's going to be able to shoot the ball. And I don't think it works for either team. I say the Warriors probably got the better of it just because – they at least have a ball handler who can, you know, kind of substitute um, for, for Steph Curry when he's not on the team. Hayden made a good point about Draymond. I think Draymond's going to end up staying because he, reports are coming out this guy wants $100 million. I mean, what do you – no. Like, no. Jalen Brown deserves $250 million. The kid's a star, and, and, he, and he's 20 – you know, he's 25. So, but, but Draymond Green does not deserve all this money, and nobody's going to pay him for it because – what he does, and we discussed this ad nauseum, you know, kind of last year when the Warriors were winning their championship, going on that, you know, that that that, that, that kind of final run there. Uh, well, I guess, I guess I shouldn't call it a final run because who knows what they can do uh, in the future here. But but he, Draymond works for the Warriors, and and, and the way that. The, the guy, the type of guy he is, the personality he is, um, you know, just being that glue guy and, and, and sticking by everything. And, like, that's that's what the Warriors need. And and other teams may need that, but but I don't think Draymond fits that exact same role with other teams that may, you know, may need him or may want him. And it's like, either way, whether you need him or you want him, you're not going to pay him $100 million, all right? So um, I, I think the Warriors end up keeping Draymond, I think, that, you know, with the Chris Paul edition. It's interesting. It's not, you know, as groundbreaking as it was with Kevin Durant, but we'll see how it works out. Again, I, I don't think either team gets better, um, but I do think the Suns are worse off. I think the, the Warriors will probably be able to figure it out because, if anything, I can trust them to do it since they have done it so many times uh, over the last uh, 10 year, about, about 10 year period. All right, moving on to the uh, the next topic in our rundown segment, second topic out of four. We've got Lionel Messi. Uh, he signed with the Inter Miami, obviously, MLS team. Um, not in Europe in any capacity, and this is, this is also the team that's owned by David Beckham, if you didn't know, and this is yet another instance of a veteran European player riding off into the sunset in the U.S. The last the last, the last big one I can think of, well, I think David Beckham did, and then also the last, uh, I think the last big one that did was uh, Zlatan, yeah, right? Yeah, and, and then before him you had uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger. Yeah, yes, <laughs> Schweinsteiger, yeah. Uh, so this is yeah, pretty big news, and he, the reason that everybody's making a big fuss about this is because he turned down a huge deal that was given to him by I think it was a Saudi Arabian yeah, team. Yeah, right? yeah, it was it was like the same league yeah, as Ronaldo, yeah, right? They were trying. 
trying to get him to so, pair up. Yeah, so I don't watch much soccer, soccer but I at so, least knew that. Uh, so yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool because he's it's almost like he's paying homage to his U.S. fans because he's been Europe for so long, which is kind of cool. And then also the idea that. You know, it's that, like every it's sport, like is, every sport is, is 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 now a part of this, but this whole like sports washing, uh, Saudi Arabia and just kind of like the Middle East in general. He probably didn't want to be a part of that, which is is understandable because you know every athlete has their opinions and and everybody has their opinions in general. So it yeah, I mean to each his own. He'll do what he wants and he wants to come over to Miami. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be awesome because it's it's definitely gonna be. It's definitely going to make the MLS more popular this year. That's and, and the MLS is actually getting popular. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't yeah. like traffic in the streets of, of watching the Portland Timbers on a nightly basis. But from what I've heard and just things I see on Twitter, and obviously I'm, I'm really into betting. It's it's become a big, you know, a, a big sport. And I think the main reason behind that is because they're just adding so many teams, and which is good. Again, you know, hey, why not? Right? You got a local city. You want to you know want to have a professional professional sports team? Why not an, an MLS? But seriously, they've they've added like six new teams in the last like four or five years it feels like um so inner miami being one of them i think they they weren't even i think they, that, that was like four or five years ago they were um they weren't even a team and then david beckham kind of started that whole thing um fc austin i think is a new one too um matthew mcconaughey is behind that so yeah a lot of new well i guess yeah new interest in the mls mostly from guys who are insanely rich and want to start their own team but i think hey you know what you bring that to a city people you know go watch the games it's it's entertaining and right for a guy like Leon messi you know one of the most well-known international stars of our lifetime uh i will go out on a limb and say he's the best soccer player ever again i you know i'm not not a super fan didn't really see pele back in the day but you know whatever from what i've seen i think i think leo messi takes the cake um i think he's going to dominate in the mls it's going to be awesome to watch him just like not even try and and still you know do really well and, and again soccer's one of those games that like you know you can get the best player in the entire world well he's not anymore but like you know but the best player in the history or whatever and and not really be in contention for the championship so it'll be interesting to see what inner miami actually does um i don't know the rest of their team obviously but um but yeah we'll see i, I think it's an interesting move and, and obviously right you know kind of driving more interest in soccer in the u.s which Kind of is there at, is at there the at the middle school level when you're you know you're playing your your YMCA and your you know your middle school teams, but uh, but beyond that we, we kind of we kind of don't have it when it comes to uh, the, the 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 football world definition um, of the sport. Next topic in the rundown here is the Oakland Athletics, who are basically the owner of the team is moving them to Las Vegas. Um, they're now the second professional sports team to do so within the last three years. Obviously, we had the Oakland Raiders as well uh, go to Vegas. So the question here is big deal, little deal, no deal. Um, Hayden, go ahead. Well, yeah, I just think it's kind of funny that both teams that are going to – or that the team that went to Las Vegas before the Oakland Raiders um, was also from Oakland, and now the, F, the A's are also from Oakland. They're moving to Las Vegas. Um, I, I mean, they're obviously pretty close in proximity, but it's just kind of interesting that there hasn't been another team, you know, from the East Coast or something like that. I guess it wouldn't make much sense for them to do that, but it's just kind of interesting that both of them have, have been out of Oakland. But, yeah, I mean, I, man, Matt knows my, my take on baseball. I don't really – I don't follow it at all, and I don't really care for it. But, um, yeah, so I, I probably won't give the best answer to this question, but my answer is going to be really short and – I, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Like, it's, you know, Las Vegas obviously has 
a lot of other attractions other than sports teams. But and you know, if you're going to Las Vegas, you're probably not going to see uh, either of these teams play. If you are, I mean, if you are, you're probably already a fan of them, and you're you were a fan of them when they were in Oakland. So that's that's that. So I don't think it's that. I think it's kind of more of a little deal than anything. Yeah, I I mean I would tend to agree, especially because the. Athletics are actually the worst team in baseball. On track to might maybe be the worst team in the history of baseball this year. They have like they're like eighteen and fifty nine. Like it's bad. Um, I mean they're they're almost out there trying to lose. And to your point about both Oakland teams moving to Vegas, um, it, it's I don't think it's by coincidence. I think it's it's a it's more of a commentary on the city itself, not really. And that's kind of what and just the stuff I read kind of coming out of this and, um, and, and seeing that, that really the city doesn't pay for a lot of stuff um, and, and isn't really, you know, just kind of behind helping these teams. You also have, and I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of nestled in there, like between San Diego and San Francisco. And you have, you know, teams, professional sports teams there in those cities as well. Um, but, but, the main the main point is that nobody goes to these games now obviously right you know do the a's suck yeah so do you want to go to any of those games not really uh, will they have more people go to those games in vegas i think so right because that's the thing is like you know what hayden said makes sense is that you're not going to vegas to see an oakland a's game but if you're you know coming off a, a, a good night of you know being at the casinos and doing whatever um and, and you kind of want a, a day to chill or whatever you get a 2 p.m baseball game on a friday afternoon like you know why not um you know it's Better than better than nothing. Whereas in, in Oakland, you know, the, nobody's going to these games. And and I think the funny part is too. And you, you maybe saw this if you, if you kind of read into into this story a little bit more. In protest or boycott of the team leaving or the owner, you know, moving the team. People showed up in droves to support the A's, and they're like signs in the stands, like you know, don't sell the team or don't move the team. Like you know, we need the back in Oakland. It's like okay, you guys are a. We're never here to begin with, and you're only here because the team is literally moving to another city in a different state. And B, you being there, purchasing tickets, only makes the organization and the and the owner more money. And they're like, okay, cool. Well, we're just going to use all of this extra, you know, this extra supplemental, you know, money to take into our into our move to move to Vegas. Um, so yeah, I mean, even this even goes back to like, remember Hayden? Uh, you'd always watch used you know used to watch the Raiders games at home. They you know they'd had the baseball field at the, like at the yard line. They played on the same stadium, so that was the Oakland. Stadium yeah. and they transform it into the football stadium. So even you know, and that was what I mean. That wasn't even like ten years ago at this point. Um, there, there wasn't even enough money in the city to be able to build another stadium for these two teams. And now both of them are gone. I mean, and coincidentally, both of them suck. So you know, that's the other thing too. It's like I, I think it's and, and Vegas probably you know did that by design. It's like again, we, we don't really care about there being you know super competitive teams. We just want kind of someone something for people to be able to do when they come. That's you know, hey, if you're going to be going there, you're probably going to be betting on sports. Uh, among other things, among but here's some actual sports here's games to go to as well. Um, I think it's a good idea, but again, it's, it's very sad for the city of Oakland in general. All right, last rundown topic is about NBA referee Eric Lewis. He came under suspicion. Uh, this says last week, but I think it was a couple of well, weeks ago. Well, <laughs> this was when I wrote this, which was like a month ago. So, yeah. yeah. yeah it, exactly. was, it was, it was, I think, I think it was like in between the conference finals and the NBA finals. So it was right before the Heat and Nuggets started. Um, or maybe like yeah, I think it was right before the the, the, the NBA finals started. Yeah. So he came under suspicion, kind of came under under fire uh, that week between conference finals and finals uh, for having a burner account on Twitter and anonymously responding to people 
who criticizes calls. Uh, and so he's done over a thousand games. He's, he's a really popular ref in the NBA. He's done over a thousand games, and he's ref the finals in 2019, 2020, and 2021. He didn't do it the, uh, last year or, the, or, the, or this year either. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if he's ref the finals, he's, he's a pretty popular ref. But he's come under fire for having apparently having a burner account um, and, and responding to people that are like basically just criticizing him, which everybody criticizes refs, but yeah, Matt, what do you think? It's so funny. If you haven't, if you didn't hear about this, or even if you did hear about this and you didn't see the video, go search it on Twitter. You can probably just Google it. Like, there, someone took a script, like, the person who originally found this out, um, like, clicked, like, went to the profile and clicked on, like, tweets and replies and took a screen recording and just scrolled down the page, and it is so funny. It's literally him responding to all these comments being like, you don't know what you're talking about, like, whatever, whatever. And, 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 and people can Compared it to the Kevin Durant thing, which is somewhat permissible, but like Kevin Durant is very open about the fact that he's like, hey, I have a Twitter account and I just respond to random people who hate on me, but that's just kind of what I do and that helps me cope or whatever he came out and said. It, it made sense the way he said it and everybody's like, oh yeah, yeah. Like it was kind of, it was kind of weird of you to be doing this to begin with. It was kind of fraudulent, but like you came out and admitted it. So, all right, it's fine. And then we just saw this and it's just like, oh my God, but it's worse because it's a ref, right? And, and even in there, you see like, even on. Like, times where he's not responding or, or commenting about, like, negative comments about himself, he's a blatant Celtics fan. So, and he's done a ton of Celtics games. So, like, and people did, like, went back into the research. They, they, the Celtics were, like, 22-9 and nine in games that he refed, like, their games that he refed. And so it's, like, this was a this is a series. I can't remember what happened to him. We should look it up. Um, but, like, this is, a, this is almost like an integrity of the game type of thing where it's, like, he quite literally could have been throwing games on, on top, like, being a Celtics fan. And on top of that had a burner account where he's responding to all these people just cussing them out. Yeah, I mean it's right. Like he's he's a free spirit. He can do what he wants. But when you're under under an organization like the NBA and you're you're a ref for such a big professional sports league and you have such big implications. I mean, quite possibly the biggest implications on the outcomes of the games. You can't can't really be outing yourself as a, a blatant Celtics fan and then also right, you know, trying to correct people on a burner Twitter account. Because you just get mad at what they say. It's like, dude, just just take it and take it and go. Like it's it's fine. You're not the only ref in the NBA. I, I doubt that many people are criticizing you only. And if they are criticizing you only, uh, you know they they know your name and you don't know their name. So that's a good way to think about it, in my opinion. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, I've I've never been that famous, so I wouldn't really know. But hopefully one day we are that famous. That would be that'd be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, to to kind of end off the episode here, that's gonna be it. And we, again, we, we didn't get to our PGA this episode. We also have a college football topic that we're going to be talking about kind of as the summer goes on. But, um, but yeah, we, we, we definitely are back kind of on, on the motivation uh, piece. So I'm not going to promise any, not going to promise anything, um, you know, even like a couple weeks out here. Because right now we are motivated to do so. And if we, if we see, the, you know, the, the continuous growth and downloads then then we'll definitely you know continue to be motivated but yeah it's this is this is still kind of just a hobby for us and we love doing it it's just that you know when it, when it includes our busy schedules on top of us you know kind of not really seeing the results that we want to uh i i hope you guys can understand and kind of see how that how that can kind of demotivate us a little bit and and 
not and you know kind of put it to our to the back of our priority list if if that makes sense so for those of you who you know who actually listen to this part of the episode and listen all the way through and are loyal listeners uh yeah we love you guys because that's that's what we thrive off of so keep showing the support uh keep uh keep down or keep listening and like i said at the beginning of the episode i'm going to kind of reiterate this at the end um if you're still listening because these people that are still listening are probably the ones that will be inclined enough to <laughs> to actually send us a, an email and, and want to be featured on the episode. So um, that's over your lap, and I don't really know at what. But uh, but yeah, send us those emails with your with your with your greatest stories, and uh, we'll get to writing them. Hopefully, sometime soon. <laughs> Probably not. No. Um, yeah, but but we'll we'll hopefully do that, and that'll that'll motivate us to make new episodes too. Is is seeing those emails if you know if they do come through at a at a, at a fast <laughs> clip all right i'm just gonna end this episode because i'm, I'm we're, we're giggly gusses here so uh yeah so thank you guys for listening so much and we will see you guys hopefully pretty soon within the next week